Hello, Purdue Navigators, and welcome to room 159. I can't give you a name tag, but hopefully I can give you a great way to connect with peers in the space to reflect on what God is doing in your life today. I'm Elena Kramer, and welcome to our new NAVS podcast. Some of you may remember our old NAV night room in 3rd Street Suites, room 159. We wanted to transport you back into a time and place where we could gather together and encourage one another. And so this podcast is named in honor of the spot where we used to do that best. Join me each week as we continue the discussion from our NAV nights, or whatever it is God's been teaching us, with one of our very own navigators. Think of the student stories we used to hear in room 159. Peers will be sharing what God has been teaching them and how they have been connecting with God when connection is the weirdest it's ever been. Hopefully this is a time for you to tune in, find encouragement, and leave with newfound excitement to step into whatever it is God is offering you today. Well, welcome, guys. This week we will be reflecting on Lawrence Coe's talk this past Friday on loving and serving family at home. To help with our discussion, I've brought in our very own Nathan Smith. Say hi, Nathan. Hey, guys. The first memory I have of Nathan is riding to Turkey Run State Park in Glen Margo's car, which means we had the fun car. Yeah, we did. It was it was definitely the best car. Yeah, for sure. everyone tries to rush <laughs> off to like ride with their friends. But one thing everyone needs to know is that Glenn and Margo, man, those are good friends to have. They had snacks and more snacks, bottles of water. That's who you want to ride to events with, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I would. I mean, I've, I've read with them before. And, and once you ride with them once, it's you're spoiled. Kinda, you just you keep coming back. <laughs> so true. plus they're always they're always the first ones to volunteer for the ice cream on the way back from Turkey That's run. Right. So you, you definitely want to be in they that did car. That. It was pretty much a guarantee that we were going to make that stop on the way back to get ice cream and priorities, you know? So if there's anything you take away from this call, it's one that Glenn and Margo are the ones you should ride with to different places. But during that car ride is when I got to get to know Nathan a little bit better, but let's let Nathan tell you a little bit about himself. Nathan, what should everyone know about you? Yeah, so I am a current junior at Purdue for the next week, and I'll be a senior, wow. which is crazy to say. It's <laughs> scary. I don't. I feel like it's all gone so fast, and it's it is a little scary. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I study agronomy, which is like plant and soil science. Cool. Um, and I also study agricultural economics. Right now, I am living with my parents. I left Purdue's campus after the, the whole COVID yep. thing started to go down. Yep. Um, and a, a fun fact about me is that I'm kind of a, a gullible person. <laughs> um, yeah. So when, when I was a kid, there was an ice cream truck that would drive through my neighborhood almost every day during the yep. summer. And my, my parents didn't want to pay for my brother and I to have ice cream <laughs> every day. So they told us the ice cream truck was simply a music truck oh, for all of the gosh. poor people who couldn't afford radios. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe them until one day my grandma bought ice cream for me and my brother and well, the secret was oh. out. That is no music truck. That is an ice cream oh. truck. And your parents are probably like, Mom, 
we had a good thing going. <laughs> yeah, they were, they, I think they were a little disappointed with my grandmother, and she, oh, she, she just didn't know what she was doing. That is too poor, funny. I can just grandma. picture you and your brother being like, wait a second, something does not add up. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and unfortunately, this trait is one that stuck with you through the years. Uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm. I mean, hopefully, I think the gullible just the gullibleness just kind of changes sure. and moves to different it subjects, but different it, it comes out. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you might have just exposed yourself a little too much here. Everybody listening, <laughs> now you know who all of your things should be targeted towards. Oh no! Better look out. Uh-oh. Senior year will yeah. be interesting. Yeah, and tell me, tell us, Nathan, <laughs> how did you get interested in? So you grew up in the Indy area, not on a farm, but you're really interested Correct. in farming. So how did that kind of come to be? Yeah. So um, my junior year of high school, I, I really didn't have an, a clue what I wanted to study. Mm -hmm. And I got to be part of something called the World Food Prize Youth Institute. Cool. And basically, I, I wrote about uh, Kenya and how they have food insecurity because of HIV sure. and AIDS. Or they, they have a lack of food because of HIV yeah. and AIDS. And um, I got to present some of that research at Purdue, which exposed me to the whole agriculture department. Gotcha. And from then on, I think there's been just an interest of like, okay, I know that I need to work a job one day probably. Yep. <laughs> if my job can align with uh, a passion like feeding people, um, then it sounds like that would be a fun way to yeah. use my career. That's super cool. I love that. Thanks. Sweet. Well, so not only are you more knowledgeable now about soil and growing things, growing food for people, but you, like everyone else, for the most part, is back home with family and have been going through all of the adjustments that come with that. So I figured now we kind of start to plunge into talking a little bit more about Lawrence Coast Talk last week, where his whole point kind of was talking about how do we love our family and how do we serve them well when we're at home because that's hard it's not very easy and um one thing that i thought was so interesting and i think you probably can remember too he started out talking about how um in order to get to a point where we can love people and serve them well we first have to like slow down and let jesus meet our needs first as a person, which kind of seems like a little backwards. I don't know. I have my thoughts about it or initial thoughts that I had when I heard that, but I'm curious, what do you think about the fact that kind of Jesus gives us that invitation to minister to our needs before we serve out of that overflow? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And there's not, I, I think it's, it's hard to answer too yeah. really well. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there were just a, a, I had a couple sort of prefacing thoughts. Mm -hmm. So this, this question is kind of like directed towards how do we love family members? Yeah. And I was just going to comment that personally, like, I think it can be really tough to love family, um, but I need Jesus to love family members or even random people. <laughs> yeah. So it's need I need him for all that. Yeah. Not just the, the family. Um, but I think it's also important to distinguish, like we kind of mentioned the idea that I need Jesus on a daily basis, mm -hmm. but um, there's also things that he's already done. Yeah. So like, for example, when I accepted Jesus into my life, 
I think around seven or eight is what mm-hmm. is what I remember. I, I can be confident from that point sure. on that my biggest my biggest overall need um, is to be viewed as holy by God and have and to have my sin cleansed. Mm-hmm. So the biggest overall need is is met already. Yeah. And I don't have a day to day need for that. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I need day-to-day time with the Lord and I is because I have a short memory yeah. <laughs> and I have limited attention span. Right. So so God's already done all these things and I just forget about them. And mm-hmm. um so yeah, on a daily basis, being reminded for the hope that God brings me, the love that he has and uh mission that he's charged me with. Mm-hmm. Um these kind of reminders just help me live out of the outflow. And overall, I think it's really hard to to share how Jesus is great with someone if you're not experiencing it for yourself. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of my prayer to experience the goodness of God more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, any trying to love people is hard if you can't remember that you're loved first yourself. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to start off every day by having some sort of conversation with the Lord or reminding ourselves of what's true. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it just helps us remember that God is the one working through us in order to even serve or love other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. So it's definitely going to, it's definitely going to be him. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was interesting. I just read recently. I thought this was helpful too. Is It's like that verse you, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like basically what that means is apart from me, you can do nothing that you could already just kind of do yourself. You know, like there are these things that we're all born with, gifts we're born with that we can do, anyone can do. Um, But then there are these really hard things that Jesus asks us to do, like love your enemies. So like people who really annoy you and get on your nerves, you're supposed to love them as much as your friends who you, it's really easy to love. And like, you can't do that without God. Like that's so hard. (laughs) So yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm glad that he started off that way because it took this kind of colossal task and made it seem a little more possible because it reminded us that God was the one that was really doing it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So next in his talk, then he walked us through this model of prayer. Can you remember what that model was? Now I'm quizzing you on the spot. Yeah. So the, the pray model was, um, an acronym that stands yep. for pausing, rejoicing, asking, and yielding. Yep. Nailed it. And see, I want yeah. everyone to know that I thought that the P stood for praising, and Nathan reminded me that it was pausing. So he's on top of it, and we're very glad that he is here today to talk to us about this stuff. So really, what I am curious about is, okay, so really this model is four different invitations to connect with God. Which one of these steps, whether it's pausing, rejoicing, asking, or yielding, is most challenging for you? Because I think we all kind of have things that we bend towards more easily and other things that are just kind of harder to get into. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's hard for me to speak towards difficulty, but I, what I will speak towards is sort of frequency. Sure, <laughs> Which one yeah. do I spend more time praying about? And so for the the I have frequently used uh, the the Acts model of prayer. And for those people that that might not know, the Acts model is just another acronym that stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. So 
there's obviously a, a lot of overlap between the prey model and the axe model, but watching the video this past Friday, I think there's also some, some differences that make the, the prey model helpful. Mm -hmm. And specifically one that stuck out to me was the yielding step, mm -hmm. the, the Y of the, of the prey yeah. model. So when I think about what yielding means um, to yield is to give way under pressure hmm. and it's to be moldable. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think for myself, I want to get better at yielding because sometimes when I'm praying, I think it's very easy for me to tell God about how I feel and to tell my requests, mm. but I don't always stop and think about how God may want to change and mold me. Um, yeah. I don't spend prayer time intentionally thinking about how God may be inviting me to yield his will, yield to his will for my life. Yeah. So that's something I want to grow in. Okay. Yeah, I can relate to that. And one thing that I'm super thankful for is the way that this model was explained is it's kind of like each of the steps build on top of each other, or at least that's kind of how Lawrence led us through it, is you start with this, and then as you are coming out of this step, then you're able to do this step. And it's, it's nice that the yielding part is last, <laughs> you know, because it's like yeah. first we paused to actually take the time to talk with God. We've taken the time then to rejoice in his ability to meet our needs. And as we're rejoicing, then we feel more free to ask him for things that we need. And then as we're getting those needs met, because we're sharing our heart with him, then it's, it's like we as humans, I feel like are just more ready to then say, okay, if this is what you're asking me to do today in return, maybe then I can trust you to do that. So, yeah. 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 I agree. I think it's always been helpful. I, I've met with, with Tom for a couple of years and he's discipled me and I've grown and been blessed a lot of ways through that. But one of the phrases I love that Tom uses is he loves to phrase uh, sort of like challenges to me is what if the Lord is inviting you into this? Mm -hmm. So just to say, I, I think that even in this act of being moldable. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes it's like, what, what blessing does the Lord have to, yeah. that he wants to invite you into? Um, maybe makes it feel less of an obligation and more if we get into the mindset of believing that we, that God wants to bless us and he has our best in mind. Absolutely. Um, I think it's easier for us to, to, to sort of say, okay, you're, if you really want my best, then, then sure. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. I think, I mean, we, I mean, Purdue students, University of Illinois students, you know, a lot of just college students in general have this in common of this, like, I have to do more to be better and our inner critics are super loud and that gets exhausting. And we also carry that over to how we view God and how he talks to us. And so it's, it's a pretty big shift to move from, um, hey, you should be doing more for your family while you're at home to what is it that God is inviting you to do in your relationship with your family while you're at home? That just feels different. You know, it's like starts yeah. to take the pressure off and it starts to feel more like your life is like a scavenger hunt than like <laughs> than climbing a ladder of success, you know? And um, that's something that, even this year being at Purdue, spending time with Tom and Margo and Glenn and things, that's something I've been learning a lot about too. It really starts to change things. 
So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, that's kind of the model that Lawrence walked us through. And then he also kind of talks about this idea that when you start your day talking with Jesus with uh, any sort of prayer, it could be a model like this, or it could just be a brief conversation. But that conversation with God continues then throughout the day more easily. And so when stressful moments pop up relationally, we're better positioned to see him working or to, like you said, hear those invitations from him. So do you have like an example of how you've experienced this in your life before, or perhaps is it more that you're hoping or what is it that you're hoping this could look like in the future? Yeah, I I think that I have experienced it in my life before, even though I don't have a really specific example. Um, one idea that I really liked that was shared by Lawrence is um, sort of this idea that when you when you pray throughout the day, every moment of the day becomes more holy, mm. and you don't just kind of lump it to one super sacred moment yeah. during the day. Yeah, it's not like we're um, like, oh, let's wait. <laughs> if I, I I'm too busy now, but if I wait until eight o'clock when I'm by myself and things are winding down, that's when I'll have my moment with God. Yeah. Right. And, and that's even, that's when I have closeness to God. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a, a paradoxical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really attracted to that idea. I think of, of being with God throughout the whole day and every moment being holy. Yeah. I think it's hard for me to, to do though. <laughs> right. So I, I, I think I, firstly, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lumper. So <laughs> sure. I like to do one, one thing. And, you know, if, if I'm working on an assignment, most of the time, it's the only, only tab that's open on my computer. So my, my multitasking is just very poor. (laughs) Um, And I don't think that's an excuse. I don't think it should be, but it's, I think this is definitely an area I want to grow in Mm -hmm. and even to have a, to have a, a string of ideas or a string of things to pray about throughout the day, I think is also a unique challenge because mm-hmm. something that's nice about the ax model is it just goes like, okay, I'm, I'll just follow these steps and maybe there's some redundancy right? <laughs> maybe from, from day to day. Um, but I think to have really enough, um, I don't want to say content, but enough things just to, to think, to pray about during the day can mm. be a little challenging because I do feel like I have to flip a switch, which is not how I, I want it to be. No, it's living, starting to live or in a mindset that starts to deconstruct our compartmentalization of our relationship with God and our relationship with everything else in life is challenging. And I, I mean, it's, it's hard. I think it's also hard. And that's why I'm thankful that, prayer is something that can take minutes or it can be just like a quick like oh god please help me you know and that's just as sacred as holy holy as if I sat down and prayed for several minutes but yeah I would agree that's something that I've been hoping for too for a long time that prayer would be integrated into every aspect of life rather than just certain intervals during the day yeah. 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 
Well, so this is kind of a focus on things that we've been learning and what we are hoping to do, but let's flip it a little bit to, you know, these are the things we've been trying to do to engage with God, but how has God continued to pursue a relationship with you while you've been living away with campus or living away from campus rather? Um, Yeah. And what are some of the things that you've been learning while you've been living at home? Sure. Sure. That's, that's a great question. Um, I've, I've just felt very blessed in the way that God has been pursuing a relationship with me at home. Um, So just starting, just starting with that, I Mm -hmm. think is um, what I want to do. Um, and I have, I have some different examples sure. of how that's happened. I think for one, um, several close friends have reached out to me while I'm at home to mm-hmm. encourage me. And they've specifically been asking me questions about how is my time in the word going? How, yeah. I've, how am I dealing with, with various issues of, of sin and mm-hmm. how am I, um, how am I engaging with other people? You know, what's, what's, how health, how healthy am I essentially? And, right. and when that, when that happens, especially sometimes, you know, I have some friendships where with some people where we do that for each other sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't know if you've can relate to having a, a conversation with a, a good friend and maybe you're in a rough spot and you just don't want to push the conversation much further. Mm-hmm. You kind of just, um, you're doing it because you want to, you enjoy talking with your friend, but you don't really want to talk about stuff that's near and dear to you or personal and, or even be vulnerable about, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here or this is hard here. I don't see God's goodness or Mm -hmm. I don't see, I don't see it right now. Yeah. And so, um, I've felt really blessed by, um, some friends just asking me some difficult questions that they Mm. didn't have to ask me. Right. Um, and I think when that happens, I, I really feel like that's, blood that's directly coming from God. Mm. Cause I feel like those friends are sent by God to, to love me Oh yeah, because I feel loved by that. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm super, super thankful for that. Super, super blessed. And maybe this is just a, a moment I can host my own little Ted talk <laughs> yeah. but for discipleship, you know, but right. I think if, I've, I've been blessed by discipleship with, which not just like, I don't think discipleship just has to be you and um, one other person. I, I, I have several discipleship relationships where some are more like friendships right. and some are more like me and Tom meet together and mm-hmm. Tom is definitely leading and initiating. And, right. but yeah, if, if you're someone out there listening and, um, <laughs> you're listening at all, I've, I, I highly, <laughs> Discipleship has blessed me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you're exactly right. I mean, when we think of discipleship, just as this concept of taking what God has shared and given to you and turning around and sharing it and giving it to uh, someone else, doesn't matter what age they are. It doesn't matter. You know, that that's what discipleship is, you know. It's making sure that all the things that we're learning God's giving us don't end there, you know, that passes through us onto other people. And so that does mean that we have several different relationships where that's going on. And I agree. If that's something that you're interested in, call up a buddy, see if you can get something started. So, yeah, yeah. And a lot of those relationships, I think for me are like, they're not very scripted. Right. I just kind of. I think there's an agreement between me and some 
some close friends and some of them have even graduated from Purdue that we just get on the phone and yep. we'll, we'll talk about fun things going on in our lives. We'll talk about what's been hard and what's been good. And then we'll just kind of ask each other, what is, what is the health of your relationship with God? And those conversations can, I'll be honest, sometimes they're a little awkward to start even when they're good friends, but I've never walked away from one and said, Hmm, I'm right. sad that that happened. It's always, there's always uh, uh, mm-hmm. thankfulness that I had that conversation with someone. Good. I'm glad that's um, a super good example. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I um, think overall, um, there was a second part of that question. So I guess then I'm sorry. The next question I have. Oh, oh, that was one instance we knew it was going to happen once, everybody. Our Wi-Fi has been questionable today. So we knew there was going to be at least one point during this call when someone could hear the other person. But I think it just happened. So, Nathan, if I talked over you, I apologize. What, were, what is it you were saying when I cut in? That's okay. That's okay. I, I knew exactly what was happening, even though I couldn't stop it. Uh, all I was going to say is that initially when you asked me that question, there was a, a part two about what has God been mm-hmm. teaching you specifically. Right. And um, I just wanted to share this because it's, I think, I hope it's helpful. But um, one thing that I've been learning right now is that I will never have all of the answers, but God right now is showing me, he's shown me enough that through scripture and my life experiences, I know I can trust yeah. him. And that's been, that's been a big thing, I think, mm-hmm. for me, just not understanding everything that God says in Scripture, not understanding all of how sanctification and how salvation works, um, even how God is good and everything that he does. There's things that I don't understand, but I've seen enough through Scripture and enough through, my, through God's goodness to me in my own life that I feel like I can trust him with the things sure. I don't understand. Yeah, so, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And thanks for sharing that. So, I mean, that's a lot of advice that we've shared with our friends listening right now. But, um, I mean, gosh, summer is just around the corner. And I was wondering whether there's one thing, one, one thing of encouragement that you wanted to offer your classmates before we wrap up the year here and within a week or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, the RA in me starts to come out and a little bit and says, okay, if, if you have like some sort of serious academic hindrance, whether you've got sickness in your family or bad Wi-Fi, that the office of the Dean of Students is definitely someone you should talk mm-hmm. to. So that's an aside, <laughs> not very fun, but that's the RA that's, in me coming out yep. that just is, is there. Um, on a more fun side, uh, take some study breaks and go outside and take a walk and breathe in the fresh air of spring. (laughs) So study hard. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) Cool. Well, to wrap things up, we've been talking about this question the past few weeks. There was one skill you could master during these quarantine times. What would that skill be? Yeah. So I, I think one thing that's been kind of cool about this, this weird time of life, um, and some other people have mentioned this too, I think, but just the fact that we have to communicate mm-hmm. over phone and over Zoom. So I think for me, I'm trying to get better at the skill of keeping up with friends 
through these means of technology. I have some friends that have already graduated from Purdue that I want to keep in touch with and many more that haven't graduated yet. And so um, learning how to connect with technology, I think is like, I'm thankful for the opportunity to practice now while we're all still kind of close in age and it's being at Purdue is still fresh. Um, so that's kind of a, a more practical thing, but um, my fun skill is right. that I would love to leave this pandemic and shoot like 40% from the yeah. three pointer. That would be pretty good. I'm a, I like to play basketball a lot. It's yes. Fun. I too so. love basketball. Have you been watching the That's Michael awesome. Jordan documentary or the documentary about the Bulls? I have been. Yeah. My, my dad and I, yeah, yeah. My, my dad and I have, have been watching some of the, the episodes I haven't seen. I think there's a fourth episode out now, but I'm excited. It's, it's crazy. They it was basically basketball was basically tackle football oh, yeah. back then in like, my did mind. Did you see so the segment it's just uh, when kinda... they're playing the Detroit Pistons in <laughs> those games where they're just yeah. galloping on each other? Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're killing Ooh. each other. It's it's that's fun to watch. It is wild. It's it's brutal. They could almost punch each other and not get a foul. Yeah. Like, wow. Wow. <laughs> crazy. Cool. Well, Nathan. Thank you so much for taking the time to share what God has been teaching you and to share some of the things that you've been learning, not just during these weird pandemic times, but for a long time. I know I've enjoyed hearing what you had to say, and I know that everyone else really will too. So, well, everyone, I don't know the next time that we will be meeting together because school's kind of over now. But maybe stay tuned for a podcast episode or two this summer. All I know is it's been fun. I have enjoyed sharing what your classmates have to say with you. And um, look forward to wrapping things up with you on Friday. And hopefully we will all be together in the same spot later this fall. We'll talk to you guys later.